Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of UncView. We'd like to welcome both of you to this show. And uh, today is our last show of 2017. And I know you've been waiting on pens and needles to see what we're going to come up with here <laughs> on December 29 in the year of our Lord, 2016. The year that has climbed... Why do I keep saying climb? What is my, what's my issue with the word climb? It has claimed, <laughs> it has claimed so many lives. In fact, we're going to talk briefly about that. But um, as always, I'm joined by my partner in crime, Mr. B. Mike, or B. Mac, as we call him colloquially. Bizzle, uh, mizzle. B. The Mac. Br- the Brendanator. The Brendanator. <laughs> uh, Baron Von Squeeze. Uh, <laughs> Baron Von Squeeze. Yeah, in fact, you used to go by Brendan Citron on Facebook, which I always found kind of interesting. But we're not here to talk about your names. We're here to yeah. talk about a whole other slew of issues that we're not even sure of ourselves. So uh, what's new with you, man? We, we Actually, before we, before we started recording, uh, I had made the comment to Brendan that I thought that one of my greatest weaknesses in life, and good Lord, is that a long list of things for us to cover someday. Um, <laughs> Right at the top of that list would be poor decision making. I've made some really bad, big picture decisions in my life, and we're actually—I actually, don't really want to talk about those things because I've almost made it to, to the end of another year without killing myself. And I'd like to—I'd like to add 2016 to that list as well. <laughs> but Brennan, you were starting to answer. You were starting to answer, and I said, "Hey, why don't we record this so that you know either you can humiliate yourself or maybe this will cost you your job." So here we yeah. are. So you, what were you about to say? Oh man. Well, just, I, here's the, the, basically the decision is I, uh, and this is, I don't know. I don't want to like air my dirty laundry necessarily. So I won't name anybody's names here, but. Oh, come on. Yeah. No, no one's listening to this. I know really. They probably aren't. (laughs) Are you telling me the spokesperson for ball bags, ball bands? He's, he's not naming names. Exactly. Uh, I know. A fine time to climb up. uh, A fine. Clam up, ball bands. Anyway, the uh, here's the deal. I basically just recently, a few weeks ago, made this very dumb decision of. Uh, so I have a something that we've never talked about, but I've talked about in other podcasts. Is that I'm in a non-monogamous relationship with my girlfriend, who I love very much. She's wonderful, and with, which basically means that we have relationships with other people. Essentially, I think you and I have talked about this a little bit before. Yes, but we have. We haven't talked about it on the podcast. And so that functions mostly. I mean, we've been together for over a year and it pretty much functions mostly fine. I mean, I think that we get along in this much very similar to to sort of normal monogamous couples. Um, the only caveat to that is that sometimes you have, you know, if I have sort of a relationship or try to develop something with someone else that can get into a whole host of issues for any, any number of reasons that I'm sure you can imagine. But that just happened recently with someone who's a fr- who's a, a friend of two very close friends, and that relationship, without going into detail and maybe at explaining it at a level of abstraction that'll make it impossible to understand, uh, basically that didn't go very well, and I had a big falling out in the last two weeks with two people who I was very good friends with and very close with, and ended up hurting everybody in the process and totally didn't mean to, so... It's just one of those situations in which like all of the intentions that I had were good and all of the outcomes were bad. And I was like, oh, great. Well, that's just, you know, here's that's that's not good. 
So I've just kind of been had a weird week because I've get, been getting all this feedback and my, you know, my friendships with these two people and uh, with this Hello? woman in question who, Hello? you know, I try to develop something Hello? with. Uh, I just really cared about that Hello? and kind of ruined it. And so just feel really shitty about it. And that's kind of how 2016's ending on a rather down note, which feels like it's true for many people uh, because of the way this year has gone uh, in a variety of different ways. There's just a ton of a ton of ways that it could uh it could end up going yo yo uh so i kept going and just finished the th my thought and it ended at 1 minute and 52 seconds uh so i've got that in the can so to speak and i'm just have continued to record. So okay. when I pick it back up here, I'll note it on the time signature for, for Kevin. Um, basically, I, I could go ahead and do the explanation again for you right now. No, I can kind of guess how it ended, so I'll just react, and then you can correct me if my reaction's not right. Got it. Go ahead. All right, so that's interesting. So I, I have one question before I give you sort of my larger response. This was a relationship that you initiated or that she... an an, 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 an an additional relationship that you initiated or that she initiated? I initiated. Okay. Yeah, I initiated it. <clears throat> gotcha. So, you know, I could, I'll make this short because I could talk for a while, but it, one, I'm not judging anybody. Uh, two, you know, the idea of non-monogamous non relationships is, uh, I don't want to suggest that it's never existed before. Of course it has, but it's not a common thing in my experience. You know, again, my age, I'm, roughly twice as old as you are. So, yeah. you know, a lot has changed in that time period. But I'll just get to the punchline, which is, and this will sound super sarcastic, it's not really meant to. But, I mean, wait, you're telling me that you're in an existing relationship that's good and somebody wants to set up another relationship in addition to that and things went wrong? Really? <laughs> <laughs> you know, one, one thing I've learned about human beings... And again, that's not to say that that can't work. But hey, Brendan, did you wait a minute? You went ballet dancing in a minefield, and you and and something didn't work out, and you lost a leg. <laughs> no, uh, but you know, human beings are all human beings. I don't know anybody that that doesn't you know fall under this description are inherently uh, sensitive and um, lacking confidence on some level or multiple levels, and are insecure. That's really the word I was struggling to find, insecure. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think I've reached this place in my life where I'm as secure as I've ever been. It's like, you know, I could survive. I've survived, as anybody at my age probably has, I've survived a bunch of stuff personally in terms of, you know, I had, a, I had an 18-year relationship that fell apart yep. last year. You know, I've survived that. And, uh, you know, in, in a series of other failed relationships, I was once engaged, and I called that off you know, like six weeks before the wedding. So I've, I've had my share of, you know, emotional traumas related to relationships. But, you know, most people are just, are just not built to, to, to be able to exist in that kind of a, a situation like you're describing. And from the very first time you mentioned this to me, and yeah, you did mention this to me before, we've never really talked about it at length. But, you know, I, didn't, I, don't, think, I, I don't think I said anything at the time, but I do remember what I thought. And what I thought was, that just sounds crazy. Because, not because it's crazy necessarily, although I actually think it is. It's more, <laughs> it's more just knowing people 
And I just don't know too many people that are secure enough, no matter where you are in that. Because like if I were if I were you in this situation and you were able to successfully establish this other relationship, I know me, I'd be, you know, I'd be thinking about the first person and I'd feel kind of guilty and you know, no matter what they said. And I don't know, I think at some point I get to the point where I'm not suggesting that monogamy, you know, is is uh, an inherently human desire, because quite frankly, I think it isn't. I think men by nature, I mean, if, I were, if, if somebody said to me, describe the typical man in one sentence, <laughs> here's what it would be, wants to fuck everything he sees. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm contending with, and I'm, um, I mean, that's an, that's just being embarrassingly honest. But it's kind of, it's, I mean, that's just the case, and it, right, and, and and honestly, I, I, I don't, I don't feel, I'm not, I guess I'm not proud of it, but I kind of feel like I'm, you know, I'm trying to deal with this feeling of like, well, what do you do with this when you meet people, and then, and that attraction isn't just like, and here's the, here's the other thing, and I want to, I want to be really clear about this, uh, is that. That attraction is not always or only uh, sexual. It's not like I just want to. F- I just want to fuck this chick. Although I guess that's sometimes true as well. It's just that sometimes you meet people and you're like, oh my god, this woman is really amazing. Like, and I and whether or not there's specifically something sexual that I want to do or want to have or, or want to do with her or want to do together. It's like there's there's also I just want to share some space with her. I just want to I just want to be I just want to have some kind of I want to share some kind of relationship here. Uh and that, and in many ways that's more challenging. Yeah, it is because I think that if you're the first person, if you're the first relationship E, if you will, you know, you don't that that actually might be more threatening. That really actually might be more threatening because if if I were involved with somebody and they said, "Listen, you know I love you. You know this relationship that we have is real. You also know that we all have sexual desires. And let's be realistic about it. You know, I mean, I think I think a reason why relationships often fail long term is the sex becomes boring and predictable. Yeah. <clears throat> and <clears throat> and that's unfortunate, but it's it's just the way it is. So would you rather have the other person come to you and say what I was just saying, which is, hey, listen. I do not want our relationship to end at all, but you know I need a little variety. So, I, with your permission, I'm going to I'm going to engage in this relationship with this person over here. It's purely sexual. They know it. I've explained that to them. They're cool with it. Um, is it going to continue? I don't know. But uh, my intent here is not to develop a full fledged relationship with them. Yeah. I think most people would rather hear that that than somebody going like, "Oh my gosh, I this really like this person, so, so special and unique, and they're not you." And I want to develop a relate. That's fucking exactly, yeah. That's like really, I could see how I mean, painful that could be, and uh, I mean, it's weird. I think it takes a strange amount of uh, it takes a lot of trust. I would say, and I feel like that's why. I mean, the relationship I have with. Gloria, my girlfriend, is is really strong is because I feel like it just requires a lot of trust to have a conversation that's really honest like that. Yep. Um, and I mean, she's gone and done... I mean, she's gone and, you know, been gone, been with other men. I mean, in whatever the way that is. And I don't know what they, you know, do. She told Honestly, you... I, yeah, she told you about us, right? She did. <laughs> 
she did. She did. She was like, "All right." She I was just like, wanted to make oh, sure that, man, that was on your the table. Uncle. I mean, it was. Yeah, I mean, you do. You know, she was like, "Hey, it happened," and oh boy, it won't happen again. I remember her <laughs> just w- wiping the sweat off of her brow. And <laughs> well, I on a, on a on a more serious note here, I just want to say that I'm pretty sure I speak for the whole family when I say. If you fuck this relationship up with her, that's a problem you're de- for you, de- dude. No, this is me. This is real. Yeah. This is me talking to you directly, and I'm being dead serious. I I love her, and so does everybody else in the family. Oh, yeah. Like, well, I pre- a, I at a really strange level. Yeah. yeah. Well, she's just wonderful. I mean, it's uh, you can see why I love her so much, and... She's she's just so I mean she's just so beautiful inside and out and really uh you know it's a, I feel very lucky and um you know I I guess this uh I you know I definitely let me put it this way I I don't I I I want to make every possible effort I want to make it work I mean and and it works now it's not like it isn't working currently like her and I are we're very strong she she's such uh and it, honestly I want to uh, chalk this up if it sounds like I'm you know, maybe um, spinning my wheels a little bit trying to explain this. It's only because the the main reason I attribute our relationship working is that she's just fan. She's just amazing. Like she's really fantastic. I've I've totally hit the jackpot. Like, and I just want to. I I share the family's feeling. I'm like, if if I fucked this up, I would I would be unrecoverable. <laughs> right. And I, if I had to, if I really had to criticize her for anything, the only thing I can think of would be. She has horrific taste in men. <laughs> Other than me, of course. There she yeah. had great taste. <laughs> That's funny. All right. So that was our segment on Brendan's bad decision making. There will certainly be sequels. I can assure oh, you. Oh, I'm I'm sure there will be. <clears throat> yeah. And we could we could do an entire season's worth of shows on my bad decision making, but we're not gonna do that because most of it's really boring. But actually, we didn't come here with the intent on discussing that. That was just something we started talking about right before we were going to record. So I thought, we thought, let's just go ahead and and have this conversation and see what happens. So that's what happened. But what we're really here to talk about, moving back into our normal, poorly planned and executed programming, is uh, we're going to talk about a couple of things. One is uh, Brendan, uh, I assume spurned by, or, or spurred, not spurned, spurred by the release of a new Star Wars movie, I believe. I'm such yep. a non-fan that I don't even really know. I think that's happened because I've seen people post about it. But we're going to talk a little bit about movies. Then we're going to talk about a new company I'm about to launch, not because I'm trying to promote it, although, of course, I am, but more because of what it is. And it's just kind of funny, I think. So yeah. first, let's I, talk about movies. So, Brennan, this I was... Can't. This was Dude, your I cannot t- wait to oh my god I cannot wait to talk about both of these topics yeah uh, so so lead the conversation here on movies because this is your thing yeah so here's the thing every listener should know is that I'm a I'm a I'm a Star Wars nut and I know that they that 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 is look I mean that's a little loaded because the the Star Wars nuts come in many varieties uh, I'm a cashew there are many almonds that are Star Wars nuts actually technically cashews aren't nuts so that's not a very good analogy all right anyway you get the idea <laughs> the <laughs> I, I'm I'm super into Star Wars. I always have been. It's been a big deal. I was very excited about this movie. Just to interject uh, for one brief second, will it offend you if I snore here? Look, I know you. Ha- part of the reason I wanted to talk about this is because I know you don't like it. Right. Go ahead. And I want to pose. I, I 
the the point of this is not for me to to just start talking about how wonderful the movie is and great Star Wars is, and then to have you go away. I'm really interested in understanding why you hate Star. Why you hate you don't you not only do you not like Star Wars, you don't like any fantasy movies at all. Like you have no interest in any, with the exception of Game of Thrones, which one could make the argument is a very very thinly veiled fantasy because it's also it's actually just political. You know, it's just political drama. Uh, with the exception of that one series, for those reasons, you you pretty much hate all of this stuff, and it. And so I, I, the reason I'm bringing this up is because this is a big deal movie, man. It was a big deal. Like it costs a ton of money. It 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 it, it has amazing uh, storytelling, visual effect. Well, the storytelling maybe there's a caveat there, but the visual effects. It's part of this big universe. It played a part in you know. And you were in '76. I mean, you were around for the release of the original Star Wars, and then Empire Strikes Back, which were maybe two of the greatest film and then sequel releases of all movie going history. Like, so I'm kind of amazed on how, like, you missed the boat on this or how the boat missed you on it. Well, l- l- first of all, uh, I don't know that I missed the boat on it. It's not like I haven't seen these movies. I've seen, I saw Star Wars. In fact, I waited in line to see Star Wars back in, yes, 1976, I recall it clearly. And I enjoyed the movie at the time, but I was a child. I mean, I don't know. I was, mm. you know, I was young. And, um, and I certainly saw Empire Strikes Back, although I don't really recall the details of either of those movies. And you're correct that I am generally down on the genre, and you're also correct that there are exceptions to that. Uh, Notably, Game of Thrones is at the top of that list, and I also agree that that is a thinly veiled, you know, movie that would fit into that genre. So I guess I I would describe my perspective on this more as I'm generally down on the genre, but there absolutely are exceptions. And I guess I would qualify it by saying what I don't like, mm-hmm. first and foremost, are the, I don't even, I don't have the correct terminology for this, but hopefully you'll understand what I'm getting at. The whole Hobbit, um, there's, there's a whole series of language here that I don't know. You know the yeah. Hobbit, the Hobbit. Throw, throw some words at me here that I can agree with. You're talking about the Lord of the Rings. Yes. Uh, yes. See, I, I couldn't even Tolkien think of that. Universe. That whole thing just looks so stupid to me. And, <laughs> you know, there, and, and not only that, but I've met, I've met some people in my life who, before I knew that they were into Lord of the Rings, I could have told you they were into Lord of the Rings just by their very personality type and i realize how incredibly politically incorrect that is and judgmental but it's just the way i the way i think of it i won't name names here but i'm thinking of one guy in particular that i used to work with in fact i was partners with him in business and he was just the consummate the ultimate the number one person i think of when i think of the word dork slash nerd <laughs> and he was just so into those books that yeah. you know uh, the, wasn't that a trilogy? Oh yeah, no, it, it definitely was. I mean, there was it's, it's it's more than a trilogy, but the Lord of the Rings specifically is three books. Yeah, so so this dude who now has two kids that are probably about to enter their teenage years has raised his kids to be just like him. Because I bet when you know we were still working together, he would tell oh, me. Oh, I know who I, I know. Yeah, who you're I know you know who now. I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know. I, I, before I wasn't sure. Now I do. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if I ever told you this part of that story, and I just have to tell the story because we're here, and it's. A, I think it's a decent story, but, and I'll make it short. But one day I'm dr- out just driving in my car. I get a call from this dude. 
and he said, hey, um, Mike, it's X. I just wanted to let you know that uh, uh, I got my boys here in the office. And when he said the office, he's referring to the real estate office that I, you know, that I ran, owned. And, um, and they, they got into some chemicals and paint under the sink. <laughs> And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, where's this story going? Did yeah, this is, is one is one of them in the hospital? Is are they okay? And he said so. Uh, and you know, uh, anyway, uh, and and the way he phrased this was incredible because it was as if I was guilty of something. And when you hear the end of the story, this will make more sense. So yeah. so I'm like, I was you know, I was back on my heels, and I'm like, really, I'm I'm thinking, I'm just really worried as to what what he's going to say next. So he said, so anyway, they got into this paint and chemicals that were under the sink. And anyway, they um, made a bit of a mess. But I just wanted to let you know that I'll, you know, I'll be taking care of it and cleaning it up. And I said, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> what do you mean a bit of a mess? He's like, well, they, you know, got some paint on the walls. But like I said, you know, I'll, I'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> thanks for letting me know. I appreciate it. So, of course, I then went immediately to my office, which it took me a couple of hours to get there. And I walk in and what this little fuck did was oh my he, mixed, he mixed cleaning chemicals and paint in a spray bottle and proceeded to spray, I think it was five or six walls. Oh and my what, God. You, what you need to understand to make this story more whatever is that I had personally spent <laughs> I had personally spent 30 consecutive days back when I leased this office which I had for 13 years I 30 straight days hand painting that office every square inch of it myself with the most expensive expensive Benjamin Moore paint you can buy which is very expensive super high quality paint and everyone that ever you know like spent any time in that office including you Brendan yeah, I know you yeah, remember I'm that office was amazing in terms of how it looked. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was, it, uh, I was so proud of that. Like that that office was way nicer than my house in terms of how it, it was finished. It, it, and if you know anything about real estate offices and about which I only know a little bit, I can say uh, it's way nicer than almost every single real estate office. I mean, right. aside from, I'm thinking, you know, maybe the literally richest neighborhoods in the United States. Right. No, I, mean, I agree. I, I, it was really well done. But so anyway, that's that guy. And and the, the end of that story is he literally never fixed the problem. And I got so tired of waiting for him to do it that I did it myself. I, I went in and painted the walls myself on Thanksgiving Day. Oh, my God. Because I was and then he came in like a week later and he was mad at me for, quote, not giving him the chance to fix the problem, which I had waited <laughs> two months, two months for him to fix. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I'm sorry. We got way off track there. Let's get so you got you have you just have bad associations with yeah. people and this fantasy stuff. <laughs> yeah. So. So, uh, and I, I want to be clear again that I did enjoy the first Star Wars movie, but I think it's just gone on too long. And, and I, just, I just have a problem with people attaching too much significance to certain things in life. Like, sure. believe me, there are some movies that, that I love. In fact, uh, I, I just had this conversation with your father within the last, well, whenever I last, oh, it was, was uh, last week. We had yeah. a conversation. Yeah, about, you guys went out, right? Yeah. No, no, no. We actually we we were at my parents' uh, house for 
Christmas, a, a brief Christmas thing. But anyway, yeah, uh, Mike had your father had mentioned to me in passing the last time I saw him that he enjoyed the movie The Revenant. I finally had a chance to see it, and oh my God, what a movie! But you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna attach too much significance to it because it's just a movie. And what I see with movies like Star Wars, yeah, is that people just get too wrapped up in it. It becomes like a real big part of their lives. And I just don't oh, that's, understand yeah, that. No, that's so true though. Yeah, that's exactly, I mean, you, the associate, you, you, you there's some, uh, all right. So here's what you're talking about. There is some level, and we haven't even gotten into the movie yet, but here's the, here's what you're talking about, that there is some level of a, a co, like someone co-opts the star Wars. There's some, there's some resonance. There's some identification they have with something that takes place in the star Wars story or the star Wars universes movie executives would put it and they sort of co-opt that into who they are they think of themselves in a certain kind of way yeah, because agree. of this thing that they've seen and i feel like there's a i don't think that that's abnormal but the the part of it that is abnormal is that i agree with you it's not it's not better than a f- fucking movie that's all it is it's just a movie and it's a good story and there are truths i think that are embedded in the story that resonate because they're true of the world and they're true in the story because because of that reason, if that makes sense. And I think yeah, that it does. It's really it's really good to understand that kind of stuff. And I, I mean people refer to a lot of the things that Yoda says in The Empire Strikes Back, where he says like do or do not, there is no try and things like this. Right. Those are those are I mean, those are those are just good things that are that are true about the world, but you know, or you know, when Obi Wan Kenobi explains the force to Luke Skywalker. That comes almost straight out of a book by Joseph Campbell called Hero with a Thousand Faces in which he's trying, he's, he's taking dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of myth, myths from all over the world and trying to distill them down to these very similar parts that occur in each myth. And the concept of the Force is, is, is in almost every one of these mythologies. And he, he, there's, almost a, there's a passage in Hero with a Thousand Faces, I'm going to be quoting it, all, uh, only slightly correct, but he basically says that there's this thing called the universal doctrine, and he says it, it you know, it, it's from from one source, all life and everything comes, and then back to that source, eventually it all goes. And he goes, he the next sentence is something like the uh, Indians call it Wakanda, um, the Chinese call it Chi, uh, the Japanese call it Ki. Uh, the Indians, or he says, uh, the uh, Indians call it prana, and Christians call it the power of God. And then that's almost exactly the explanation of the force. Like, so what I'm trying to say is that, like, there's a, there's a really powerful, I think, like, truths in this thing that people see, but it doesn't mean that it's anything bigger than like a story necessarily. Like the, the but people, I think, lack the tools maybe to to actually just take those parts out and go like, wow, that's really cool, that's relevant to my life. Now let me go back to being a person who doesn't need this story in order to explain myself to myself. Does that make sense? It does. And that actually opens the door to another thought I have that I didn't have until you just said that, which is, uh, you know, I think people, I think I said this in our last show, actually, we were talking about the experience you had in California. And I brought up Tony Robbins, if you remember. Uh, yes, I do remember this. But the, the context of that, which is the context, exactly the same context here is I think that, and again, I need to qualify this by saying this is coming at you from the perspective of a, a self-acknowledged and proud Christian. Yeah. Is that I see people looking for God in all the wrong places. You know, like, 
what you just said about this universal doctrine and, you know, this, the Indians call it this and, you know, Christians call it this, whatever, is that something that really bothers me about all this. And it's interesting because as our conversations so often do it, this is like, it just leads me to a thought I've never had before, Mm -hmm. which is, I think maybe this is why I have such a problem with it, uh, with these kinds of things is that I intuitively sense exactly what you just said, which is Mm. people are so into it because like there's this philosophy dude that's like it's like interwoven through the story and it's like bigger than all of us and i say yeah like you mean like for example christianity and so people get all jacked up about star wars or tony robbins or you know insert <laughs> yeah. insert or tony uh, robbins no i'm i'm serious yeah. I know you are. <laughs> and, and it's it's funny because I've, several people that I know have gone to, to Tony Robbins' events in the past couple of months. You know, people mm-hmm. that I know in real life. And they're like super excited. And I see what they're posting on Facebook. And I just sit back and shake my head. And it's like, I just think, you know, what you're getting out of that, I believe, is what you could get out of that by having faith in like an actual real God, as opposed to just some dude with a philosophy. And you know, again, that's just my perspective and I'm not, I'm not trying to force my, you know, my religion on anybody else. I'm just offering a perspective and I'm answering your question as to, you know, why I kind of, I'm just not into this stuff because I just kind of feel that another example would be like, I'm a huge sports fan, but what I see people, what I see fans do to support their teams, like, I think I'm thinking specifically, and I know you're not really a football fan, but Many people will know what I'm talking about. The oh, yeah. Seattle, the Seattle Seahawks have the oh, most it's, yeah, incredible it's fan base, and these people in Seattle are fucking crazy about their Seahawks. Yeah, like, Steelers are the same way. Then the Pittsburgh Steelers are are similar. No, no, they're not. You think it's you think it's on another level? Oh my God, yes. It, let's put it this way: um, the 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 world record for decibels created in a sports environment. <laughs> Was set was set in Seattle, and 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 the people are just crazy. Like I've watched, you know, I'm a, I'm a I'm a football fan, and I've watched a bunch of games that have been played in Seattle. And every time you watch the announcers, they talk about it multiple times during the game. In fact, the last game I watched, which was within the last couple of weeks, I just caught like five minutes, and one of the announcers said, "I have lived through an actual like real earthquake in California." <laughs> Oh and this God. feels just like that. Oh my gosh. That's how crazy they are. My point though, don't miss my point, is that people get that jacked up about a football game. And again, I want to be clear. I'm a huge football fan. Always have been, always will be. But yeah. you know, the level of you're, passion. You're not you, you don't your 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 love of football does not take some transcendental element into exactly. it. Exactly. It's football. Yeah. And I do love it. And I do get excited about it. But I also keep it in perspective, which is, you know, it's just not that it's not that well, big of a deal. Well, well, here's something that is going to bring us back to our our uh, perennial whipping boy uh, of PC culture. But here's what's really fascinating about this. So that activity, what you just described is this or what I said is this like transcendental element to fandom that takes place at the Seattle Seahawks, as you've just described it to to me uh, and and us and all four of our listeners. Um, I think there's three. One just left. (laughs) That exact thing that you're describing is what uh, Jordan B. Peterson, professor at Toronto 
the University of Toronto in Canada, is protesting against when he says that he's not going to use made-up gender pronouns uh, that are being touted by the, the progressives at the University of uh, Toronto and in Ontario. And when you get, when he, when he, I mean, he's lectured about, he has a, like 40 hours of lectures on YouTube that he's just put us up there for free. And when he lectures about it, he, what he talks a lot about is the spontaneous creation of sort of religious devotion and transcendental elements of religious devotion in human life that our brains are wired to want uh, this feeling of like religious, yep. uh, uh, almost zealotry, maybe. And those are my words, not his. That is that zealotry is not a word he uses. But it's like we're, we're programmed to like want this kind of thing in our life. And in the absence of having an actual religion, we start co-opting things into ourselves that look a lot like it, like Star Wars, maybe. or Totally like agree. Football fandom, or maybe the adherence to this concept of PC culture. Because that's exactly the way he explains it. He's, he's like, if you don't use the words they're telling you, they have a special made-up language, and if you don't use the words that they say, their reaction to you is one of blasphemy. Like, you're not... Yep. You're not just saying something they disagree with. You're blaspheming against the, against the political progressive uh, tenets. You know, your, your concept of non-inclusion goes against our Ten Commandments, like in this kind of way. Yep. In the same way that, you know, Galileo was blasphemed against the Catholic Church in the 16th century. Like this, that's kind of the, the, the way that they react to it. And you can see that he's correct about it. And when, like, it's interesting because having read, like I said, a lot of Joseph Campbell and a lot of Carl Jung and then a lot of this is a lot of what Slavoj Zizek says, who's one of my favorite philosophers who's still living, is he talks a lot about the fact that these hierarchies or systems of uh, hierarchy are, are uh, or, or what he calls ideology, are spontaneously created by people, meaning like you're walking around with this in your brain. It's not the way that he describes it is he's like, it's not the matrix. It's not like you're in a false world and then you wake up and you're in the real world. It's that your real world is, the, is already the false world. And you have to actually, you can't wake up to see the real world. You have to put on some special glasses or some special lenses in order to try and see the, the, the spontaneous hierarchical quasi-religious structure that you're imposing on reality. And that I, I find that extremely fascinating because I do think that the Star Wars is a good example of this because I totally used to be one of those kids. I was like, no, this is, this is meaningful and Luke Skywalker and you just like, you know, like drawing pictures of Darth Vader in my notebooks like over and over again. Like, why would anybody fucking do? He's a cool character. He's got a cool mask. That's it. You know? Uh, now, that being said, the end of this movie, holy shit, man. Darth Vader pulls out his lightsaber and just goes to town and I lost my goddamn mind. I mean, I... Is that being funny or is that really true? That's so... No, I'm totally... I'm being honest about this. I... This recent movie... I mean, I'm going to tell you right now. The end of this movie... It's not even a spoiler. The price of admission was worth it if for no other reason than to watch Darth Vader wail on some unsuspecting rebel troopers for the better part of about 35 seconds. I mean, and I just lost my mind. I know that's a hard pivot, but I got to tell you... It was, it might have been the greatest 35 seconds I've had in a movie theater. And I've, and I've, ne I've never gotten blown in a movie theater. It would have been cooler if that comparison was like, yeah, I got, and I've gotten blown in a theater. No, it definitely hasn't happened. Oh, I, uh, you know, there, maybe there's opportunity for a better 35 seconds. <laughs> well, I know that, but 
if your blowjobs are less than 35 seconds, either <laughs> either she's exceptionally skilled or you've I took some never aspirin. had sex before or you see security coming at you. And I'm like, we got to get the this. Theater. I'm we guessing it's one this. of those things. <laughs> we got to get this done. <laughs> but going back to something you said a few minutes ago, because I think it was really powerful. What I wrote down here <clears throat> is social justice warrior ing is a religion. Because it is, and, and and it's, and you're so correct in what you were saying. That did you say his name was Jordan B. Peterson? Jo- Jordan B. Peterson. Yeah. So what what he said, I I completely agree with, which is, you know, we we humans are are born with a hardwired need for belief in a higher power, and to those <clears throat> who believe in something like I do, and the Bible actually talks about this as well which I won't get into that. But, you know, as a Christian, I look at that and say, yeah, obviously, I mean, that's how God created us. He created us to have a need for for interaction with him, to have a relationship with him. The non-believer, the non-person of faith, then ends up in a Star Wars theater or, you know, shouting down a professor at Yale uh, as, yeah. we, mm-hmm. as we've included in a previous podcast, or, you know, a thousand other iterations that I could think of. But it's interesting to me that people who are, um, people who are into these, let's call them alternative contexts, non-religious contexts. It's hard to say the word contexts, context in plural. Try it. Yeah, but it, contexts. It's, it's yeah, just yeah, it's awkward weird. as hell. But anyway, uh, those people... Of course, they never see themselves for what they are, because if they did, then they wouldn't be that way. But, but I've, I've always been fascinated by that, because I see people getting so worked up, especially as it relates to like this whole so, you know, social justice and political correctness thing, and you're so right about the language, and our Ten Commandments are these things, and how people are so, they, they're so into it that it blinds them to lots of things that are like, I'll just say common sense. You know, this flat-out common sense is trumped by adherence to the rules. So if the mm-hmm. rules say that, you know, we include all these people, and, it, and, and to the point where it doesn't even matter what those people do. They think it'd be out just literally murdering innocent people. But if you, if you say something about those people, then you are non-inclusionist, and therefore you're at fault doesn't matter that your comment was caused by a real-life occurrence that was very significant. These people killed those people. So, (laughs) I mean, you you get what I'm saying. Yeah, well, they would say, what I I think you're trying to say is that if if you express, so if something really happened to you, or if you're expressing something that actually happened in real life, like, um... Like, well, the Milwaukee riots was a good example of this. Like, there's video footage of black people saying, that guy's white, let's get him out of his car and beat him. And that literally happened. That literally happened. And it's on video. And if you go try to say that to someone who's, a, someone who, you know, is, a, uh, let's say, a, a member of the Church of Political Correctness right. or Progressivism, I think the Church of Progressivism seems like a, a better yeah, I like way that. to describe that's a good, it. That's a good expression. They, um... They would go, well, look, you were, so here's the first thing you need to understand. You're watching that video from the lens of your white male patriarchal privilege. Of course. And, 
And you're like, okay, so that, what does that mean? That that's what George W. Bush called the bigotry of low expectations, which is like, we should not expect the same level of behavior from, from other people because they're different or something like that. And, uh, it's totally, I mean, that's totally ridiculous, but I think that is what you're trying to say. And, uh, I think it's true. And I mean, like, it's interesting that our discussion of, or our intended discussion of Star Wars, which really hasn't even happened, uh, has led in this direction because, I mean, I don't think anybody, well, actually, wait, I, I'm going to back that up. I was about to say, I don't think anybody is, is using Star Wars or anybody's recognizing Star Wars as like a you know, a facet of like political correctness and in culture. But I take that back because there was actually two articles I read. First was after the release of The Force Awakens, which was last year, there was a lot of articles about the fact that they were like, oh, there's another the the main character of this film is female. No, I do and, remember this. I do remember and this. And also the other main character is a black male. And they were like, that's like a really big deal. And then in this movie, I read a, another article that said you know, we really applaud Lucasfilms and Disney for including, there's not one, you know, straight white male character in the main group of characters in this film. And actually, and that's true, the, the only white characters, uh, white male characters are all the bad guys in this movie, which is weird because I didn't even notice that. Like, I didn't, I don't pay attention, I paid zero attention to it at all. Like, I just was watching the movie and following the story and never really thought about it whatsoever uh, until I read that article. And it kind of weirdly made me mad that somebody even like, ha- like felt the need to write that and then say like I applaud that like as if somehow they we, okay so we all know that the bad guys in the world are straight white men we know that they're always trying to build these super weapons they're always trying to restore order to the galaxy and these rebels they just keep blowing them up <laughs> like <laughs> so it was just so ridiculous like. But it's true. I mean, it's it's so weird that that's actually the case. You wouldn't think that Star Wars would be politicized, to, but it uh, apparently it was and is being. No, I, I actually, and, and we probably should cut this short because this is just starting to become just another podcast that we do. Yeah. Um, but I will Agreed. simply, I will simply say that, and, and I'm actually been working on writing some large manifesto on this, and I have a bunch of notes. But the key point is this. As long as any group is singled out, and group meaning race or sex or class of some sort, as long as any of those things are singled out as either good or bad, then we will always have some level of racism. And, I, you know, I think that there's all these things that, the, that oppressed classes do that you know, maybe they sincerely think will help their cause, but I actually believe that it has the opposite effect. I'll give you some examples. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like the um, any any group that's specific to women, any mm-hmm. group that's specific to blacks, any mm-hmm. group that's specific to whatever. As long as they're raising their hands and saying, "This is just for us. It's not for you," and and uh, but by the same in the same breath we're going to scream that we're being excluded. But we're, exclu- well, it's, it's, but we're it's excluding very ourselves. Interesting. It's very this- interesting that you say this because one of the things that uh, I heard recently, and I think it was on Sam Harris's podcast, I'm, might have, I might be getting, might have gotten that 
wrong, but I think it's on Sam Harris's podcast. Anyway, the point is, is that there was some uh, evidence that was presented by a sociologist who said, oh, I think it was Jonathan Haidt, actually. It was Jonathan Haidt, and it was in a talk on Intelligence Squared. I just just remembered it. Anyway, uh, he basically said, look, uh, there's evidence to support the idea of uh, that what you just said, which is that when there's a number of different sort of groups or um, buildings or whatever, um, you know, things that pop up around campuses or in communities that are like women's center, black student center, black students organization group, Muslim students group, the feeling of a separation or the, 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 there's an anxiety of like group uh, uh, exclusion that begins to take, there's like an exclusion consciousness that begins to grow when things like that appear. And in the absence of those things, people actually don't really think about that. Exactly. Part of the that's reason, my point. Part of the reason, that's what they were saying, is they were like, part of the reason we have this feeling today is that starting in the 1960s and 70s, there began to be, and maybe for completely pragmatic reasons, uh, there began to be those types of groups that, that sprung up around campuses. And now they've just gone nuts because everybody, that's the why everyone feels like they want special treatment is because they think some people are getting it and they want to be equal. And, um, so they, yeah, so I mean, they sort of exclude themselves as a result. And that's, that's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying, which is that I think this is the exact opposite of what they should be doing. What they should be doing, in my estimation, is... Is shutting up and doing what the white man said. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's so, so bad. What they should be doing <laughs> is just not forming self-exclusionary little groups, but they should just be mingling and joining and getting involved. And it's funny. Because in, in you know, one of, the, one of the industries in which I own a company is real estate, as you know, because you worked for me for a time, and we've already talked about it on this podcast. But yep. it's, it's really interesting to me because there's, there's this undercurrent, and it's not even an undercurrent. It's something that is overtly and explicitly discussed often, which is why are there not more women in positions of leadership in real estate? And my guess is that this is a common theme that if I were part of other industries, I would hear in those contexts as well. Mm-hmm. But, but, the, but then they turn around and they have conferences that are just for women. And, and, oh, and yeah. I, I've always believed this. And again, I'm sure the people who feel oppressed are going to hear this and hate me for it or laugh at me or whatever, but I swear to God, it's what I really think. I don't care who you are. If you're talented and you do great work, I will, I will, do, I will make a major effort to be involved with you. I will yeah. hire you. I will partner with you. I've been a partner in a business where the leader of the business was a woman, yeah. and I was attracted to that business not because she was a woman, of course. It was simply because I respected the hell out of her. I thought she was smart. I thought she was a leader. I thought yep. she was going places. And she, that's not to suggest that any of those things weren't true. The point simply is, I didn't care whether, whether she, I didn't care what her, what her sex organs consisted of. I'm yeah. just looking for talent. And I believe in my heart of hearts, while certainly some people are prejudiced, I'll never deny that, but I think it's so overblown. And I think that most people, you know, will, they'll, they'll, they'll do business with whoever they believe is the best at whatever they're doing. I really believe that. I yeah. personally have never 
discriminated against anyone on the ver- on the basis of sex or race. I've always wanted. I, I'm always looking for talent. I'm always looking for talent. I don't care who it is. Yeah. And I, you know, again, mm-hmm. people will me, hear that. Me thinks the lady doth protest too much. <laughs> no, not at all. But it just no, bothers me. I'm just me. messing with you, man. Well, it, and and, and I'll, let me just wrap up the point I'm making here in a nice little bow. So. Um, as you may or may not know, you know, I worked for a couple of years with, I've mentioned him before, Stefan Swanepoel, who oh, is yeah. the smartest man I've ever met. He's a New York Times bestselling author. He's the number one speaker in the real estate industry in the world. He's the number one real estate author in the world. I mean, the dude is just, I've never met anybody like him in terms of his, his, uh, his innate uh, uh, intelligence. He's just, his intellect is simply off the chart. So one of the many things that he does, and he started this, I think now three years ago, he put together this list, which is called the Swanepoel Power 200. And he, yeah. he actually spends, uh, let's say, two months, two months. So one-sixth of his focus is on this freaking list. And sure. he does... He does such a level of research, and if you if you could look behind the curtain and see all the people that are involved in this and all the work that he does to really honestly try to get it right, and not only that, but this guy's you know he's smart enough to understand political correctness, and so you know I'm going to say it out loud because it's the truth. He he's made an effort to go out of his way to include minorities and women simply because it's the politically expedient thing to do. So with that as the backdrop, he released that first list, and I remember the reaction was, well, where are all the women? And there were women on the list. It wasn't like there weren't any. But the point is, lots of women felt women were underrepresented. Interestingly, nobody else complained, just women. And there's this one woman in particular, I'm not going to name her by name because she's the kind of person that would probably, you know, make 64 videos about what I said about her, and I don't need that. But oh, that's this, flattering. This woman made such a stink because she never came out and said it, but clearly what she was saying was, I should have been on that fucking list. Why? And oh, she's, yeah. And, yeah. And, 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 and she's, a, she's just a real estate agent who happens to be active in social media. Um, yep. And I mean, she's good at what she does, but I'm saying she's not like, you have to understand that this list. She's, can, not, she's not like a powerful, she's not like a socially influencing person in well, the way that not, the list no, was well, trying but to. This was not a list about social influencers. This was a list about the most powerful people in the industry, period. They didn't even need to have a Twitter or a Facebook account. These are like the CEOs of the major brands who are Got on it. this list. So for some, some person who's just an agent, you know, who thought she was snubbed is ludicrous. But this woman raised such a stink that the next year she made the list. And so get this. Now, I want to be clear here. I wasn't part of the, I personally wasn't involved in the creation of this list on that. I was, I was involved, but not on the, not on the you know, innermost level. So it wasn't like I was in there arguing for and against people. Sure. But so I don't know what was said. All I know is she was on the list the next year. And then, of course, that was the best fucking list in the history of the world. Of course, yeah. Of and course, there weren't any, the, and the percentage of women didn't really increase. What would have been wonderful is if Stefan had created a list for that woman specifically. So, like, if her name was like, like Carly Johnson, and it was just like the Carly Johnson top 200, and it was just a list of 200, and it's just her name 200 times. <laughs> 
be like you know, the most powerful Carly Johnsons in in the real estate industry. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, we I got a little off track there, but I just well, think... The thing, I just want to go back to something you said real quick because uh, and then we can move on because I want to talk about ball bands. We're not but... going to talk about that today. We don't have God. time. Ah. No. Okay. Sorry. The, we're, all right, I mean, look, dude, the, we're, we're, we're running up on an hour right now. We'll have... We'll have that'll be the first show we do in 2017. But the thing I wanted to say is I got... Uh, I said to someone recently, just that you said that there's like a... You feel weird because as people talk about there's not enough women in powerful positions in real estate. And then they have their own conference. You're like, well, what the f-, what the f, you know? Right. I I think it's so funny because I recently was like, man, I would love to do, I would love to have a show in Chicago, a comedy show, and call it uh, all female comedy. Brennan present Brennan Lemon presents all female comedy, and it's not even close to an all female show. <laughs> like it's just <laughs> that's just the name of the show. <laughs> right. But 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 actually, you could pull that off because as long as those men self-identified as women, then you're covered. Oh, yeah. I guess it's for the purpose, for the 20 minutes that they're on stage, they're actually identifying as, as, as female. And who are you to say that that's not true? Exactly. <laughs> this, so is why, we, this is why... This is so ridiculous, man. Anyway. Uh, well, yeah. So, so just to put a cap on all that, I just... I personally have, have believed for many years, like I've never really said all this out loud, what I've already said. But this is what I've been thinking about is... I just think it's bad for if the if you really want to be in the mix, if you really want to just have everybody equal, if you really want to be treated equally, then I say stop segregating yourself off in some little group that you created and just get involved because I think what you'll find is that, you know, I think racism is so overblown in this country. Again, I want to be clear, I'm not saying it doesn't exist. Of course it does. But one one another little point I've been thinking a lot about is, you know, we've never talked more about racism in my life than we're doing than we're doing right now. And I attribute that to Obama and his policies, but I don't want to talk about that because I've already said a lot of this stuff. But um, I think to talk about racism, to make racism the big issue now is sort of like, you know, like say you were raised by parents and they beat you when you were a child and, 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 and they really abused you. But then as your relation, as you grew up, your parents, maybe they matured and became more adult-like, and you became, you know, an adult. And you, you both, you know, you both just became older and wiser, or all of you. And then you get to this place where maybe you're 40 and they're 60, and you have this great relationship. And you've overcome those things, those openly acknowledged misdeeds that happened years ago. And, uh, and you have a great relationship. And then that's when the kid starts screaming and yelling about the abuse that he has as as a kid. That's how it feels. And I didn't say that very well, but I hope you understand my point. But that's how it feels for me with the the cries of racism in today's world is, again, I want to be clear. I'm not saying there isn't racism. There is racism. Well, there's just a simple, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a very simple thought experiment that you could do is you could just ask someone very simply, look, if you think, if you think this is if you think we're living in such a terrible era, which admittedly we could still improve, but if you think we're living in such a terrible era, please tell me a point in the past you would rather live in in which oh, race relations in this country were better. Oh my gosh, and, that, that is perfectly said. Yeah, and somebody would have to acknowledge, they'd go, yeah, I can't, I don't think there's being at a different time. I think this has got to be as good as it's been. And, and I, I mean, and here's the thing, maybe they can think, yeah, it's still pretty bad, but you're like, yeah, but but bemoaning the fact that it's, you know, that there's some kind of like systemic, you know, 
patriarchal, white-centric view of the world, I don't really know of, is in doing anything to improve it either. Like it, it, I, you know what I mean? Like there's point, point to something and then have a, you know, have, have a discussion about policy. And the thing that's weird about that, and I, God damn it, this is becoming like every other episode we have, but. <laughs> no, it's becoming every episode. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is pretty much all we talk about. Everything else is just designed to get us to here. <laughs> uh, let's be honest. It's a good it's thing that we're closing out on this in it's 2016. It's, it's a good thing that we're closing out on our favorite topic. I feel like we really, here's the, th if you're listening to this podcast, which statistically you're not. And let's be honest, uh, you're not. <laughs> we <laughs> we got to make you, we're going to make you a promise. Okay. And that promise is this. We will only talk about this once an episode in 2017, okay? Right, no can, more can than get that. Board? More, no more than that No more times. than every episode, we promise. <laughs> Swear to God, hand on the Bible. Oh my goodness. A hand on the script for Star Wars, I swear it to. Okay, so we're actually about <laughs> to hit an hour, but I, I, I want to I say a few more things just because I, I, I want to give, again, I know no one's listening, but I still want to do this. I want to mention a couple of random things, and if you want to reply with a couple of random things, you can. Or if you, if you all right, just, let's do it. Maybe, Go ahead. Maybe you'll hang up, and you won't be listening to even know what I'm going to say. But I want Perfect. to mention. I, actually, I was hoping that we could sp have a segment on this in this show, but we just don't have time. But the segment was going to be called "Things I'm Thankful For," because oh yeah, to me, and 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 I actually had on this list some political things, so I'm not going to talk about those because we've already talked about politics, you know, four times in this episode. And we've we promised to only limit it to every show. So anyway, I want to mention a couple of things really fast, and these are these are real. These are true. You know, this isn't this isn't funny. This isn't ironic or sarcastic. First thing I'm thankful for is that I'm almost recovered from my motorcycle accident, and and that feels wonderful to to almost be back to full health. And I just thank God, the God I believe in, who I believe spared me. The second thing I want to be I'm thankful for is is Panera Rapid Pickup. I discovered Panera Bread, which I had I had not had a meal at Panera Bread in years, and I can walk to one from my house. So, you know, it's not like I'm a huge fan of Panera, but I discovered randomly that they have this thing called Rapid Pickup where you can place your order online, pay for it online. Nothing new there, of course, but here's what is unique. They put your food out on this shelf thing and you just mm -hmm. walk in and grab it you don't interact there's no with there's no it's like the honor it's the honor system right and you you could just walk in and steal and i think maybe i even mentioned this on a previous show sorry if i did i have alzheimer's but no 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 you haven't I've, I, i'm this, very this interested system in this is so awesome because you can imagine you just park your car you run in there's this brown paper bag with your name and huge print and you just grab the bag and walk out and yeah i mean if you were dishonest you could you could eat at Panera every day for free. Just hang out and sit inside there and watch for them to put a bag out and then grab it and leave. And then the last thing I want to mention is what's called the shark vacuum. Yes, the I'm shark talking, vacuum. I'm talking about a vacuum cleaner, people. And, and, and here's why. I have been the owner of a Dyson uh, vacuum for over a decade. You know, I have their whatever uh -huh. the top of the line model was. Yeah, you get yeah, the Dyson. Yeah, 10 years ago, and it's a great vacuum. Do not get me wrong. I I've, I've had it for years and their claim to fame is that they say that, you know, the suction never decreases. I don't know if that's true or not because 
to be honest with you, the suction at the start didn't seem that great. And, and your dick just can't take it longer than 35 seconds anyway. Exactly. Much like you with a blowjob in a theater, we have that in common. <laughs> but, so I've been using the Dyson vacuum, or not me, but other people have been using the Dyson vacuum in my house for years. And I always thought, you know, I don't know. It's it's a good vacuum. It's the fact that it's, you know, I've had it for 10 years, probably more like 15. There's got to be a better way. So, so, uh, so I've, I got new carpet in my house about a year ago. And I recarpeted mm-hmm. literally the entire house. And I got new hardwood floors in a bunch of places. But this carpet that I got, I promise there's a point here. The carpet, um, which a long story that I'll completely skip, but I ended up getting like a, a, a really large upgrade in terms of the quality of the carpet just by luck. And so I get this yeah. carpet that was way beyond what I wanted to spend. And it's awesome. I love the way it looks. It's just a really cool pattern, very expensive, very high-end carpet. But from the very start, I noticed that this carpet tends to, I don't know what the right term for it is, but there's just a constant level of fuzz on the surface that just gets, you just walk on it, you know, and it just kicks this fuzz up. And it's very annoying because it happens more than you'd think. Like, why is this happening? So, you know, and you vacuum and it comes right back and you vacuum. (laughs) It's like, how long is this going to go on? Anyway, to get to the point. So my mom... Yep. She calls me up. My birthday was a few weeks ago. My mom called and, you know, I hate getting gifts. And she's like, I have gifts to give you. And I'm like, mom, I told you don't get me anything. Please don't. But of course she does. And so she ends up leaving these boxes on my back patio because I told her I wasn't home when I really was. <laughs> but she she leaves them on the back patio. And I go out and I, you know, I get them and I open it up. And this is it's this shark vacuum. And I'm like, Son of a bitch, I have a Dyson. Plus, I had just purchased for her last summer. I got her the um, the Dyson like mini vac that you use on a stairs, mm-hmm. and it's awesome. Like I, you know, I set it up for her. I used it, uh, you know, I used it when I gave it to her, and it's really incredible. So yeah. she gives me this Shark vacuum, which is like a knockoff of that that same that Dyson. same Dyson. So it's okay, like a, so you know, you're thinking a, this is a, an inferior vacuum. Exactly. I'm thinking, I bought you the, t- the top of the line version of this, and you turn around and buy this piece of shit for me? That's what I thought in response to that gift. But then I opened it and I used it. And I'm not kidding you. I've never seen a vacuum work like this vacuum. <laughs> the, I mentioned that, that shit, the, the fuzz that was coming up on top of the carpet. This yeah. vacuum sucked out so, it sucks so forcefully that you literally can't complete a room before you have to change so hard. You have to change the filler. You know the Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So you're talking about this vacuum sucks so hard. It's this vacuum sucks so hard it defies description. It's I'm serious. It's called the Shark Vac. And what is your refer what is your affiliate referral uh, percentage for everybody who buys a a shark from this episode? But You'd be damn sure before we publish this podcast, I'm going to go sign up and create, and then I'm going to come back. <laughs> you, and, I'm I'm amazed that you have this many emotions about a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> well, you have to understand. You have to understand that when you think you have the top of the line in something, yeah, and, then and you've been swearing by it for years, and then somebody drops off what you think is a throwaway gift, and yeah. it turns out to be like the greatest know, iterations yeah. better. Yeah, I know. It's weird. All right. Well, man, I, I mean, 
I you got nothing. I, I guess I just look. I I don't have. I don't. I don't share the same uh, level of emotion for vacuum cleaners. Uh, but that's because I don't really take care of my place. So that's. I mean, you know, it's just not a priority. Me having right. a clean environment. Oh, I don't mean but, to suggest that it is for me either. I'm simply saying, <laughs> hey, I used that vacuum once. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Well, with that, I feel like we have a successful conclusion to 2016. Uh, <laughs> I just can't wait. You know, it's right now. It is. Uh, it is 1:08 p.m. Eastern time on December 29th, 2016. That means there's still two and a half days left of celebrity killing that we can look forward oh, yeah. to. Oh yeah, you're totally right about that. We got about sixty hours of celebrities dropping dead that could still happen. Who who are you who are you predicting is going to still go? <sighs> Man, I don't know. I don't even at this point. All bets are off. I think I would. Uh, I, I I really don't know. I really really don't. I mean, this is this year has just. It's just. It's just. It's a cornered beast, man. It's a cornered animal, and we don't know where it's going to go. We don't know right. what it's going to lash out at. I know. I saw your post on Facebook about that, and, and you're right. I think it's. It's, uh, these are some strange times we're living in for so many different reasons. And, uh, you know, with, with, uh, Obama's, you know, backstabbing of Israel, man, all bets are off on what could still happen. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, well, I feel like we'll have to get into the na- that analysis in 2017, man. We're going to, we have a lot of, there's a lot that we can talk about running right into the new year. Right. Uh, I'm excited to hear this episode and the Christmas episode. That's what I'm. I'm excited. Those will come out, you know, w- w- probably well after the first of the year. But I'm really stoked about uh, about that. Yeah. I. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Um, uh, and uh, you know, it is now about an hour and six, so we probably should sign off. But for everybody that's ever listened to any of our podcasts, you know, I'm talking about Joe, Karen, and Lisa. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. We appreciate each of you. And, uh, uh hopefully our checks did clear so that we, <laughs> and we, we look forward to, in all seriousness, we really do appreciate your support. Um, as we mentioned before, a couple of our shows have had some pretty nice responses and we greatly appreciate anybody that spends any time listening to us because we know we are talentless and perspectiveless hacks who do this really for, you know, self-masturbatory purposes they're they're really masturbatory purposes at best you took the word right out of my mouth and put it in your ass so um (laughs) yeah we need to edit that out not really what i meant to say but we do appreciate your listening and uh we look forward to having you uh bored to tears in subsequent episodes or past episodes it works either way (laughs) but but Uh, Happy holidays, you know, fuck that. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everyone. And we, seriously, we really do appreciate your listening. We can't wait to have you on uh, listening to our future shows. Thank you. Take care. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.